It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, where we're going to dive in to the college football conference championship games. We have made it after the COVID year we had, 
getting through all those games now back to a regular year we are back before we dive into all that please like and subscribe to the coach steve show youtube channel if you already haven't give it a thumbs up give it a like all that good stuff be a friend tell a friend uh you can listen to your podcast literally anywhere you listen to your podcasts uh google iHeartRadio, apple spotify and literally anywhere you listen to your podcast you can find it there please rate it share it out follow it all that good stuff leave a review again be a friend tell a friend this podcast is also brought to you by the belly up sports podcast network if you go to bellupsports.com and check out all the content there different podcasts and blogs it'd be greatly appreciated check out that podcast network Betting season is in full swing. If you head over to mybookie.ag to make your same game parlays, end game bets, money lines, and use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word, it is going to double your very first deposit. That is free money. And who does not like free money? So please go do that for me. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. Football coaches out there that are getting into their offseason like I am. You're going to need to figure out different drills, different game planning, and all that good stuff. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all of his back-to-the-basics books on football drills, practice planning, game planning, strength and conditioning, and much, much more. Use in high school, youth, or even college. You will never have to look up another drill again. And sticking with football, all you football coaches, your linemen, are, they t- are their helmets getting scuffed up during an inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce all the repetitive blows your guys are taking each and every week. It is Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps will reduce those blows 20 to 33%, really focusing on helping the big guys in the trenches because you cannot win without them. It is worn by five NFL teams uh, and over 200 colleges like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington, and Penn State. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardiancaps and you use the code 15 off, you are going to save 15% off your order, whether you're buying individual, bulk, anything. 15 off will save you 15% off your order at guardiansports.com slash guardiancaps. Protect those big guys' melons. So we are going to dive in to today. Welcome, everybody. Again, this is the Coach Steve Show. We are going to dive into the College Football Conference Championship Games. We have some huge matchups, huge matchups, and it's exciting because these conference championships are actually going to have full seats, full fans. It's going to be fun. It's going to be electric. It's going to be a great day of football. It's absolutely crazy that we've made it to through a regular season. After the COVID year we had last year and some of the spring football we had, we are back. We are back. We are back. It's just amazing to be back for the conference championship games. You know, it's just so funny. We are back. We are back. Back to the college football conference championships. After all the craziness of these head coaching changes and everything that we're dealing with right now, our heads are spinning with this coaching carousel. Everybody knows Marcus Freeman got the head is going to get the head job at Notre Dame. Congratulations to him. Uh, you know you have Billy Napier is going to be coaching his conference championship game, which I really appreciate. He took the head job at Florida. He is going to be coaching in his team's conference championship game. He really wanted to coach with his guys, which you have to respect. Um, So we're going to dive in. We're just going to go over some of them. We're not going to go over every single one. We're just going to go over the ones that have some interest because some of them you don't really know. 
UTSA is trying to win their conference. They were, um, you know, previously undefeated. No longer they're playing Western Kentucky, who is actually a very good football team, very evenly matched team. Uh, UTSA, though, I do believe is going to win that game. Another big game, Oregon versus Utah. Oregon, at one point, was in the college football playoff. And then they've kind of stumbled. Oregon has also beaten Ohio State this year. And then they kind of fell apart. And then Ohio State played well up until, you know, they played Michigan. Then they kind of fell apart. Oregon is number 10, and Utah is 17. Utah is 9-3. and three. Oregon is 10-2. and two. Believe it or not, Oregon is the underdog. 39% chance for Oregon to win this game. 61% believe Utah is going to win this game. And we want to look at stats. Oregon averages 33 points per game. They give up 24. They average 434 yards. Passing 220, 214 rushing yards. They give up 371 yards, 247 through the air, and 124 on the ground. Utah scores 35 points a game. They give up 21. They also average 434 yards in a game. 216 through the air, 218 on the ground, which you can't be more balanced than that. 325 yards given up. They give up 199 through the air and 126 on the ground. Utah has won their last five games. The closest games would be against Colorado, 28-13 win, and Arizona, 38-29 win. They beat over two scores, UCLA, Stanford, and they did beat Oregon earlier in the year 38 to 7 when Oregon was number 3 so this is a matchup revenge time cuz Oregon's last 5 they're lost to Utah 38 to 7 they had close games with Oregon State, Washington State, Washington and then their last blowout was against Colorado so all roads point to Utah winning the Pac-12 over the Oregon Ducks. And I would have to agree with that. I am going to go take the Utah because Oregon has not been 100% healthy this entire year. Not this entire year. I don't think at one point have they been 100% healthy. Utah just took it to them. Oregon is starting to struggle scoring. For them, 38 points, uh, 38, you know, they score seven and they score 38. It just seems they're having to work extra hard to score. The spread right now is minus two and a half for Utah, which I think you need to take. Over under is 58. Last game against them was 38 to seven, so it was the under. You may have to take the under on this because Utah is no joke. They are going to. They're going to run the ball at Oregon. They are going to be very physical with them. I think Oregon gets shut down, and I think Utah wins the Pac-12, and then Lincoln Riley is going to be watching this going, these are the teams I have to play rather than the SEC. Maybe I didn't make a good decision. Besides letting my coach, you know, recruit recruit guys, you know, that's, that's here or there. Well, I'm still the head coach of Oklahoma, but I took the job overnight. Yeah. So I'm picking Utah. I think there's going to be way more physical than Oregon. Oregon's going to have that revenge factor on their mind, and sometimes that is not always the best thing 
to do. You don't want to have that revenge thing on your mind. You don't want to come in and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. You want to come into that game, just going to play your game, you know, be, use that as motivation. Have it, have that plastered all over the place, 38 to 7, 38 to 7. You know, you, you plaster that up, but I think Utah is just going to be way more physical than Oregon. They're going to run the ball at them, and you're going to see Utah win the conference. They're going to not dominate, but I think they're going to really beat them by at least 10 to 17 points somewhere in there. And that's going to be a Friday night game. You know, that's going to be, you know, when this comes out, it's going to be tonight. Then Saturday, huge games all over Saturday. Big one in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, after their emotional close win over their rival, in-state rival Oklahoma, as Oklahoma's head coach is leaving, Oklahoma is making plans to go to the SEC. Oklahoma State is salivating to say, we are going to run the Big 12. Who knows if we're ever going to play Oklahoma again. If they do make when they go to the SEC at some point, they are facing a much improved Baylor team over the years past. Baylor has been playing a lot better, and Baylor's last five games, their last loss was just a TCU by two points. Uh, they've had close games with Texas. They beat Oklahoma twenty-seven to fourteen, Kansas State twenty to ten, and then they had a, a uh, close game against Texas Tech twenty-seven to twenty-four. Oklahoma State has been playing well. They dominate Kansas. They beat West Virginia 24-3. Dominate TCU 63-17. Dominate Texas Tech 23-0. And then, of course, the big game against Oklahoma 37-33. Big stats people out there. Points per game. Baylor's averages 33.4 points a game. They give up 19.4 points a game. They get 446 yards a game, 218 through the air, and 227 on the ground. They give up 348 yards a game, uh, 228 coming through the air, and 120 on the ground. Coach Dave Aranda has really turned around the Baylor Bears. No one can argue that. He's been a great coach. That's why his name has been scrolled around for all these big-time jobs, which I'm, I'm kind of shocked he did not get the USC job. And a part of me is almost kind of shocked he didn't get the LSU job. But we all know that the time at LSU did not end well. That probably played some part into it where not quite ran out of town, but kind of ran out of town a little bit. So he's really got them turned around. He's, you know, he's really, I think he's really doing well um, there. Um, sorry, technical difficulties here. Um, they have been playing well. Coach Dave Rand's got to turn around. I really thought he was going to take the USC job. But, I mean, to have him scoring 30-some points a game, giving up 19 points a game, that is fantastic. They are 10-2, and 7-2 in conference. They're number 9 overall. They did make it to the Big 12 championship. That, to me, is a success for Dave Aranda. So he's going to have to be high up on one of the coach of the years. I don't think he'll get it. It might be Jim Harbaugh, uh, I think, or it's probably going to be Kirby Smart. Uh, somebody like that. But I think he has to be up in the running. I mean, Oklahoma's still open, but I don't think he's going to jump ship for another Big 12 team, but they are going to the SEC. Maybe he will. Who knows? But right now, he is all focused on Baylor. Oklahoma State has played really well this year. They're not too worried about scoring 100 points like they usually are. They are playing defense. Coach Knowles, I hope I said his name right, he's really got the defense turned around. So for Oklahoma State, they score 31 points a game. They give up 16. They're one of the top defenses. Now, the most points are given up was to Oklahoma. 
they have the most first half points to them that they have all year. But they really clamped down on them the second half. Again, oh, if people remember, the Oklahoma game, Oklahoma scored just on turnover. So their defense scored. Their offense, I mean, their defense held their offense pretty low. They get 408 yards a game, 217 through the air, and 191 on the ground. They give up 276 yards a game, 184 through the air, and only 91 on the ground. So we got two good defenses going at each other against two pretty good offenses. This, I think, is going to be an electric game. It's going to be an exciting game, especially for the championship. And when you look back, they've played each other. And when they played each other, it was not the super high-scoring affair because you had these two defenses going at each other. Oklahoma State came away with the 124-14. So Baylor is averaging 33 points a game, but Oklahoma State held them to 14. Oklahoma State scoring 31 points a game, but they still scored 24. So again, Oklahoma State's not too worried about, oh, we got to score 100. We're not going to try to do this. They, they do speed it up a little bit, but they're more worried about taking what the defense gives and moving the ball and just scoring points when they can so Baylor's going to have this game circle like, okay, Baylor was doing well at this point. Remember that. But Oklahoma State was playing well too. So Oklahoma State, I think, is battle-tested. Now, what's going to be curious for this game, for me, and some people probably don't think this way, is the emotions of a game like they had with Oklahoma. Oklahoma has had their number for a very, very, very long time. Very long time. And then how the game was just going. You had all these turnovers. Oklahoma was up. You had to come back and try to win the game. It came down to the last seconds. You had to try to stop them. So it was it was just a very emotional game, I think, for them. So that that's where uh, my thought process comes into this and where I think. Was it too much uh, emotion? You know, did you did you use all that emotion the weekend before on this game? I think they're on a mission. I think they're going to be just fine, but I th- I do believe the first quarter is going to be a little rough because Oklahoma State did use a lot of energy, a lot of emotions. You know, the adrenaline was flying high for that game. They did use a lot of energy for that game, so I think Baylor is going to be pretty ready. They had a close game of their own, but it wasn't quite the emotions of they've got to beat their in-state rival of Oklahoma. So be on the lookout for that. I think it's going to be a close game, just like that 24 to 14. It might be a little more scoring because, you know, this is probably their last game before a bowl game. Oklahoma State is fighting for a playoff spot, which we'll talk about at the end. That is a very possibility of Oklahoma State making the college football playoff. They have to win. If they don't win, they're not getting in. But if if they win, they're, other things have to happen for them to get in. But if they win, there's a good chance they could make it. Like, they're putting themselves in a very good spot. But for, like, Baylor, you know, it's kind of possible they might make it, but I don't think so. So for Baylor, they're going to play all their cards because all they've got left is a bowl game, which is still important. But they have nothing left but a bowl game. They're going to try to do what they can. So the playbook is open. The over-under is 46 and a half. You know, last time it was 24 to 14, you know, so you're getting 38. <sighs> That's a tough one. Part of me wants to say take the over just because I think Oklahoma State's going to score a little more. Uh, maybe you take the under. See, this is where it's tough. You kind of almost want to take it right on. Like, 
They're going to score. I think they're going to score 46. You might have to take the under. Exciting game. I am going with Oklahoma State. The Cowboys. I'm a man. I'm 40. Is going to beat the Baylor Bears, but it's going to be a blast. Blast of a game to watch. Houston versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati cannot, cannot slip up. They cannot slip up. If they lose, they're out of the playoffs. Done deal. Right now, Cincinnati is the 82.6% favorite. Now, for Houston, they are 11-1 and and 8-0 in the the conference. For the AAC, is nobody talking about Houston? Nobody's talking about Houston? Well, let's look at their schedule. They lose to Texas Tech. That's kind of embarrassing. So let's look at their schedule and see why they are 11-1. and one. They lose to Texas Tech, 38-21. That is not good. You beat Rice. All right. You beat Grambling State. Okay. Then you beat Navy. Now, normally that's a good win, but Navy's had a rough year. Now, you did beat Tulsa pretty good, 45-10, to 10, where it took Cincinnati bad play calling from Tulsa to win that game after you fumble on your own one or two trying to do a quarterback sneak to get out of there. So, we'll see. Then you beat Tulane. Okay. You beat ECU. Close. Okay. You beat SMU. Okay, that seems like a good one. You beat... University of South Florida, okay. You beat Temple, okay. You beat Memphis, okay. You beat Connecticut. So the schedule does not fare very well for Houston. Yeah, you're 11-1, and one and that's good. You're turning around. You're getting confidence and all that good stuff. But the schedule, man, like, wow. Now, if we want to look at Cincinnati's schedule, you guys tell me what exact – who has the tougher schedule. So for Cincinnati, Miami of Ohio, eh, Murray State, eh, Indiana, mm, Notre Dame. Yeah, that's a good win. Temple, just like Houston, okay. You beat UCF, okay. You beat Navy close, exactly like Houston, okay. You beat Tulane like Houston, okay. Tulsa, you, you beat them only by eight points. You beat U- University of South Florida just like Houston, okay. You beat SMU just like them. You beat ECU just like them. So the edge right now, when you're looking at a schedule, is probably going to lean more towards Cincinnati. But I mean, Houston is 11 and one. You got that similar schedules. The toughest one on Cincinnati side is Notre Dame. I would say the toughest one probably would have been SMU, I guess, and they beat them. Texas Tech to me is Cincinnati's Indiana. You know, you know, they both are probably the same type of team for their conference. So that's, yeah, so I guess you kind of lean more towards Cincinnati. So let's go over the stats because everybody out there is big stats person. Let's start with Houston. Houston is averaging 38.8 points a game, which is a lot. They only give up 19 points a game. They get 422 yards a game, 272 through the air, and 150 on the ground. They give up 289 yards a game with 191 through the air and 97 on the ground. That's pretty good. Cincinnati scores 30, averages 39.6 points a game. They only give up 15. 
They get 430 yards a game, 253 through the air, 176 on the ground. They give up 303 yards, 161 passing yards, and 141 on the ground. Very similar stat numbers there. Very similar looking teams. It looks like Houston may have the better defense because Cincinnati did give up some points to some people, whether that was late or whatever. They're more worried about offense or whatever the case might be. Right now, it's minus 10.5 for Cincinnati. The over-under is 53. I don't have to take the over. I think there's going to be high. I think it's going to be high scoring. If you want to look at the last five games, they're both 5-0. and Very similar uh, point spreads, here's and wins. This is going to be a shootout. This is going to be a shootout. The way Houston runs their offense... Uh, the way Cincinnati just plays, you know, this might be one of the, this might be, if not the best non-Power 5 team we've seen maybe ever, but at least for a very long time, this is the one of the best. Um, pardon me, because I want to see the craziness of college football to pick Houston in this upset over Cincinnati. Now it's going to come down, I think offenses are going to get theirs. I think offenses are really going to get theirs. So it's going to come down to... What other offense makes – it's just going to take one mistake. I think it's going to take one mistake. So whatever offense makes that mistake or whatever defense steps up first and makes that one or two big plays. In the words of my good friend, Coach Nick Davis, and congratulations. This is long overdue. I told him through a text. Congratulations on his head job at Ottawa University in AI School in Kansas. Told me he, he tells his defense they've got to win so many plays. I think he said eight or ten. They've got to win eight or ten plays. And that's what this is going to come down to. These defenses are going to have to win eight to ten plays. They have to win those plays. Whether it's causing a turnover, whether it's um, tackling them when it's third and two and they tackle them, uh, forcing the drop pass. Like they just have to win because you know these offenses are going to get thirds, especially like Houston. You're looking at the way they, they, they can score. Uh, they're going to get thirds. Cincinnati's going to get theirs. So, the craziness I want to see happen is Houston beating Cincinnati. So, we just get this craziness. I am going with Cincinnati in a close game shootout. I think you got to take the over 53. I think you got to go over the way they score points. But I'm taking the over. I'm just going to go with Cincinnati. They're probably going to play the football playoff. I think they're always going to be the four seed no matter what. I think Oklahoma State would jump them to number three if like an Alabama loses, which we'll get to all that in a minute. So just this craziness. I think they're always going to be number four, so it's sad because they're going to have to play Michigan, Alabama, or Georgia first. Like That's just what's going to have to happen. And I feel like if they play Georgia, they're going to get killed this year. Just absolutely mauled. But I think it's going to be a shootout. It's not. I don't see Cincinnati winning by minus 10 and a half. So I think you got to take Houston plus the points, and I think you got to take the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Now, I say this, don't be surprised if Houston does win, but I am going to have to go with Cincinnati in this game. The Big Ten Championship, number two Michigan. You want to talk about an emotional game, finally beating Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh finally getting Ohio State after being 0-5. Michigan had not beat them since 2012 or 2011. Right now, 76% think Michigan is going to win against the Iowa Hawkeyes, who I said at the very beginning of the year was going to probably make it to the Big Ten Championship, so I was right. But I also thought they were going to compete for the college football playoff, which is no longer there. They've lost twice. So right now, Michigan is number two in the college football playoff. They lose this game, they're out. 
And this is where the craziness happens. And people are probably going to root for them to lose. I am rooting for them to win because I want to see them in the playoff to try to help Jim Harbaugh because of all the stuff he's gone through. But we have to look at the stat. We have to look at the numbers because everybody's a numbers person. And we've got to really talk about how whoever's going to win what's to be expected of this game. So we're going to look at this. Right now, Michigan is an 11-point favorite. Over-under is 43.5. Now, here's the thing with Michigan versus Iowa. I was going to play better defense than Ohio State. And what I mean by that is they are going to have faster linebackers and hard-hitting linebackers. So the way Michigan was running the ball may not be quite as easy on Iowa. So here's what I mean. Let's go over Michigan's numbers. Michigan averages 37 points a game. They only give up 17. They get 451 yards a game, 226 through the air, 224 on the ground. They only give up 319 yards a game, 196 through the air, and 123 on the ground. Great numbers. Iowa only scores 25 points a game. They give up 17.3, just like Michigan only gives up 17.2. Iowa only gets 299 yards a game, 177 through the air, 121 on the ground. They give up 315 yards a game, 210 through the air, and 105 on the ground. So they have a good rush defense. Michigan has a good rush offense. So this is going to be a hard-hitting battle. I am. So we look at the last five games. Iowa lost to Wisconsin, then they went on a four-game win streak, but close games, like really close games. Northwestern 17-12, Minnesota 27-22, Illinois 33-23, and Nebraska 28-21. Michigan, exactly the same. They lose to Michigan State, beat Indiana 29-7, close one with Penn State 21-17. They beat Maryland 59-18, and then the game, they beat them 40, Ohio State 42-27. So, before we start anything, I'm going with Michigan to win this game. But what we saw that they were able to do versus Ohio State, the way they were able to run the football, is not going to come as easy against Iowa. Iowa only gives up 105 rushing yards. So it's going to be – so the way I look at it is when a team only gives up so many rushing yards, then you look at the other side. Well, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. So if Iowa's giving up 105 rushing yards a game in and Michigan is getting 224. You think Michigan's going to get about 140-ish rush yards, right? That's that's probably what's going to happen because the way Iowa's defense plays is pretty good. Linebackers are fast. Their safeties are fast. They keep everything in front. So it's going to be a way better defense than they saw with Ohio State. But Iowa's going to have to try to match Michigan. Quarterback's playing well. Wide receivers are playing well. Haskins running back playing extremely well. And the play calling for Michigan has been great. I really want the all 2022 film on their offense. Just just the way they're doing their offense. It's it's great. It's fantastic. Michigan is going to win. And here's the thing. The I've said this a million times. Anybody that has ever listened, ever. When you try to make a team one-dimensional, they say that's how you win. And that only that can kind of work if the team only does one thing. So people think with Mike Leach, well, they pass all the time. They pass 90% of the time. Take away the pass, they can't do nothing, but he's great at getting the pass going. When you look at Army or Navy, well, all they could do is run the ball. If you stop the run, they cannot pass it. It's kind of true sometimes. Now, Michigan, what are they better at? You tell me, 226 pass yards a game and 224 rush yards a game. You watch the last game and you go, we got to take away the run. But you look at film from the earlier part of the year, uh, their quarterback, 
Uh, McNamara, really good at throwing the football. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 2,300 pass yards, 14 touchdowns. Like, pretty accurate. 183 for 284. Like, pretty accurate. So what are you going to take away? You take away the run, they're going to just pass the ball all over your ass. So I don't know what Iowa's going to want to take away. You know, maybe they do. Maybe they say, you know what? Uh, we're going to take away the run and force McNamara to pass. Okay. But then what if he starts hitting plays? You're going to have to try to take that away. Then the run opens back up. So I think it's going to be a hard-hitting affair. Like, if you really like defense and you like hard-hitting and you like running football, this is the game for you. I think Michigan has figured it out. Not saying they're going to win the championship or the national championship. But I think they're finally – this is going to just add to Jim Harbaugh thing. He has not won the Big Ten. Has not played a Big Ten championship game. Now, Iowa's been there and done that. They've played and get big games. I think Michigan is going to pull it off. Jim Harbaugh is going to get that Big Ten championship. They're going to stay in the college football playoff, probably still at that number two. I don't see him going to number one or dropping. They are going to win. It's going to be exciting for him, especially everything they've gone through. Very exciting for him. All right. The game that people are going to talk about from here on out or the one people are really interested in that we're all going to want to tune into is the SEC championship game. The number one unanimously for most of the year, Georgia Bulldogs, 12-0, versus the Alabama Crimson Tide, 11-1, who did lose to Texas A&M earlier in the year. Right now, it's 66.5% Georgia. think they're going to win. We look at this. Right now, Georgia is minus 6.5 favorite. The over-under is 49. We're going to go over the numbers, then we're going to talk about the team. Georgia. Let's look at Georgia's numbers. The average 40 points a game. When was the last time we thought Georgia was averaging 40-some points a game? They give up 6.9 points a game. They get 442 yards total a game, 240 through the air, 202 on the ground. They only give up 230 yards a game, 151 on the ground or through the air, and 78 on the ground. This is early Nick Saban Alabama numbers because guess who the head coach is? Kirby Smart, who was a defense corner at Alabama. This is just absolute madness that this those numbers on defense. It's absolutely insane. Alabama, they average 42 points a game. They give up 19 points a game, 492 yards a game they average, uh, 341 coming through the air, and 150 on the ground. They only give up 294 yards a game, 213 through the air, and they only give up 80 rushing yards. This is going to be the game. Now, you're you're hearing both sides. You're hearing both sides. You're hearing how Georgia is just going to trash Alabama, just absolutely kill them. And then you're hearing that it's going to be a close game. Then you're hearing Alabama is going to pull it off because because Georgia – yeah, they're only giving up six points a game. 
Alabama scoring 42, and Alabama's going to be able to score points. They're thinking Alabama's still going to get up in the 30s. And you're giving Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban's going to take this game personal. You know, Nick Saban's really going to come after this game. So this one is very interesting. We want to look at their schedules. Who have they played? Why is Georgia only giving up that many points? Why is Alabama averaging that many points? So Georgia's schedule, everybody remembers that Clemson game, 10-3. to 3. Okay. UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech. Now, these SEC teams, South Carolina, they only gave up 13. Arkansas, they gave up none. Auburn, they only let them score 10. Kentucky only scored 13. Florida only scored 7. Missouri, 6. Tennessee, 17. I mean, like, they're only getting to SEC teams. Alabama, uh, they whip Miami. Then they play Mercer, whip them. Then Florida, the, the infamous close game, you know, they went 31 29. Southern Miss whipped Old Miss, beat pretty good. Then they lose to Texas AM on the field goal. Then Mississippi State, they went big. Tennessee, they win pretty big. Then this is where people start to question it. LSU, they only win by six. Then they trounced New Mexico State. Then Arkansas, they only win by a touchdown. And Auburn took four overtimes to win by two when Georgia won 34-10. So SEC teams, Alabama gives up 29 to Florida, 21 to Old Miss, 41 to Texas A&M, 9 to Mississippi State, 24 versus Tennessee, 14 versus LSU, and 35 versus Arkansas, and 22 of Auburn. So on paper, Georgia looks like the better team. They, they they score a lot of points. They're physical on defense. Alabama has way more weapons on offense. But here's the thing with Alabama that everybody's talking about, and I started to see it as the year went on, where their weaknesses are. Now, their weaknesses are still better than other teams' strengths. Their weaknesses are the inconsistent offensive line play that at least I see. And what I mean by that is they will dominate the line of scrimmage for a little bit, and then either they take a play off or the other team's defensive line starts playing, their linebackers start playing well, and they don't quite get the same push. There's not the same communication. You see some run-blocking breakdowns, and then you see some pass uh, play breakdowns where it causes a lot of scrambling from Alabama. Um, you know, when you see uh, Young have to scramble a lot now, I mean, these numbers are crazy. 40 touchdowns and four interceptions from Young. Like, goodness gracious, Bennett only has 21 and five. But these are two, I think, the best teams. Michigan is number two, but I think these are the two best teams overall with the schedule, with how they're scoring points, only giving up points. So part of Alabama's weaknesses is just inconsistent offensive line play. Again, they did lose a lot of offensive linemen to the NFL. They lost their their, their best offensive linemen to the NFL. Their other weaknesses is I'm not saying this is happening, but some have said this, and you, if you watch, you kind of see this. It looks like sometimes their defense is confused. They're pointing at each other. They're looking around. Because from what you hear, the, the defense is complicated. I want to say Nick Saban takes the same approach as Bill Belichick, where Bill Belichick's going to run the defense and stuff that's going to stop that team, not going to stop the next team they're going to play, but they're going to stop that team. 
I'm not saying that's exactly what Nick Saban does because he is dealing with 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds rather than 25-year-olds, 28-year-olds, 30-year-olds. But I think he changes things. You know, they will, he will, they will, they will, they will adapt defense to what team they're playing to stop them. And so another part of the weaknesses, I guess, if you want to call, I don't want to call it weaknesses. I am a Nick Saban guy going to root for Alabama in this game, like just sitting there rooting for him. Part of the other weakness, quote unquote, is their defensive front seven. Now, what I mean by their defensive front seven is their defensive line sometimes doesn't get pressure. Looks like they can get pushback. That's how Texas A&M was able to move the ball on them. And then just sometimes the tackling with the linebackers. That's kind of where their quote-unquote weaknesses is. Now, again, their weaknesses are 10 times better than other teams' strengths. So this is me not saying Alabama's a bad team whatsoever. I think they're top two best teams. Again, Michigan's number two, but I think Alabama is better. So that's their quote-unquote weakness. And they just give up plays. Uh, and then just how they've allowed other teams to hang in there. They don't really like – once they put their foot on the throat, they kind of let up a little bit. You know, they don't just – now, Georgia, none of those are their weaknesses. They don't really seem confused. Their defensive line gets hands-on and really controls the line of scrimmage. Their linebackers free flow and make good, fantastic tackles. They don't look confused. And then on offense – they kind of just look like they pick something and do it. Now, do they punt? Yes, absolutely. But it just seems like they're getting more consistent play from their offensive line and their front seven on defense. And when your offensive line is playing consistently, it helps the quarterback see things and make passes. And that's why they're still able to move the ball through the air and run the ball. And it just looks like they're on a mission. They are. They look very motivated. Because it's easy. You're only giving up six points a game when you take everything and average it. It's very easy to slip up and let people score, and they didn't. They've stayed laser-focused on defense. The The checks they make in the line of scrimmage, the checks they make the whole time, it, it's crazy to watch their defense, how they play. It does look like Nick Saban's defense for when he first got there. So this is the game people are going to really look at. You want high scoring, you're going to look at the Houston-Cincinnati game. You want just a great overall game. It is going to be this game. And it's hard to tell what game this is going to be. It's very tough to tell what this one's going to be. It's going to... I could sit here and tell you this is going to be a defensive battle. And when you look at the betting numbers right here, just, I mean, whatever you use to bet, over-under is 49.5. It could easily be a 10-3 ball game. It could easily be a 17-10 ball game. It could. It honestly could, depending on who shows up and play, because this could be the game Georgia shows up and the offense doesn't play well, and Alabama's defense decides to play well. You know, like this could be the game like where something like this is going to happen. So it could be a you know that type of ball game could come in. It could be forty-seven forty. It could be, you know, forty-one thirty-eight. It could be fifty something to forty something. It could just be this outrageous thing. People really don't know if that's gonna happen because of George's defense. Now, what I think is gonna happen is George's defense is gonna play well, but they haven't seen an offense quite like Alabama. Bill O'Brien's gonna have to really call a great game. They're gonna have to really George is good at disguising, attacking 
And you got to find the strength of your offensive line because the defense for Georgia is going to try to force you into the weakness. So, if, you know, play the strength of offensive line. You got to move the pocket, move the pocket. Short game, short game. Whatever run plays work, work them. Out doing with formations. This is going to be a great game. A lot of people are leaning on the Georgia Bulldogs to win this game. And what I'm about to say, if you listen to the podcast this far, I think Alabama is going to win. And I think they're going to win on the last possession. I think it's. I think Alabama's defense is going to be so pumped up and ready to go, and Georgia's going to be so pumped up. I think Georgia's going to be winning in the first half, like especially the first quarter. I think Georgia's going to bring it. Then once Nick Saban is coaching in there and the staff figures it out, I think there's going to be playing. And I think they are both just going to leave this on the field. This probably should be the national championship game, and they're going to leave it all on the field. Like, they're just going to open up every playbook they've got. Anything they've ever saved in their back pocket is coming out. I think Alabama is just going to get the ball last and come down and win. You know, Young has ice in his veins. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. If that offensive line can hold up and their linebackers can play, I think they're going to win. But I'm only saying that because it's part of it's because of a fan, but a part of it is because the only offense you could probably compare this to that Georgia maybe has seen. You could maybe say Tennessee because they're the way they were moving it. Uh, but, you know, maybe Auburn and Arkansas and stuff like that. But, I mean, they really haven't quite seen a offense quite like Alabama. So I'm going to have to sit here and go with Alabama winning with the last possession. But I'm not going to be utterly shocked if Georgia wins whatsoever. But that's the game people are going to be talking about. That's the game people want to watch. That's the game that's going to get everybody excited. Now, the craziness in the college football playoff as I wrap this up. I was right with the top four. I said it was going to be I said it was going to be Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and Cincinnati. And I said Oklahoma State was going to jump Notre Dame and be number five, and Notre Dame was going to be number six. So the craziness in the college football that's about to happen. A lot of things can happen. So People ask me today, do you think Georgia will be in the college football playoff even if they lose to Alabama? And I said, yes. Even if they lose by 60, yes, they're going to be in the college football playoff no matter what. Well, they're not a, a champion. Well, Alabama's made it to the playoff without winning the SEC before with one loss recently. So Georgia, no matter what, is going to be in the top four, whether they're number one, number three, or number four, because if they lose to Alabama, they're going to drop. Wherever. I think that I don't see them falling lower than three. Because if Cincinnati beats Houston, I cannot, you cannot justify putting Cincinnati over Georgia. I just don't see it. Because then it might catapult, it's going to catapult Alabama to number one. If Michigan beats Iowa, they're going to stay at number two. I think Cincinnati's always going to be the number four. But here's where all the craziness happens. Let's say Georgia beats Alabama. Well, that knocks them out. Oklahoma State wins, it's going to bump them in. Now, Cincinnati, are you going to put them at number three or number four? I think you take Oklahoma State and jump them and go to number three. That's just what I think. Now, if Cincinnati loses, obviously they're done. You know, nobody's going to take that spot. They're done. They're out. It's over. Uh, You know, all that's done. But what if Michigan loses? Well, they're out. Somebody's got to take their spot. If Oklahoma State loses, 
and Notre Dame makes it because I said this on a different podcast episode. If you go to listen to it, the door is open for Notre Dame to make the college football playoff, and nobody wanted to listen to me. It is open. If Alabama loses and Oklahoma State loses, somebody's got to take their spot. Somebody. And Notre Dame being number six is probably going to be them. They're probably going to jump them up. So tons of craziness. What if Georgia loses, Michigan loses, Cincinnati loses? Like all this can happen. And now we're going to have this blow up of this college football top four, which gives even more freaking reason to go to 12. People keep saying eight. No, go to 12. Give people more opportunity. And you can give the top four by or whatever, or nobody gets a buy, whatever. And they have to travel to the other person. 12 needs to be there. But this craziness that could happen, and I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for it to see this thing blow up and teams that weren't even on the radar to get in. But then how funny would it be if Notre Dame went into the college football playoff? Man, Brian Kelly, you're going to look like an idiot. And you're leaving your team high and dry. Well, I think they're going to be fine. Marcus Freeman's going to do a great job keeping the staff. Every player loved loves these guys. They're going to stay. They're going to do good. But man, Brian Kelly, you can be like, man, I could have been coaching in the college football playoff. Where some of these teams may not be there. You know, I don't have, maybe I don't have to play Alabama or Georgia right away. I could maybe play Michigan or somebody. Like, just just absolute insanity that's about to happen. It wins, loses, it could happen, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it to blow up because then it's just more of a reason to go to a 12-team playoff. It just needs to happen. But I was right, top four college football playoff. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, those are the picks I have for those particular games. There's other games going on for the championships. Check them all out. Um, and that wraps up this episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, like and subscribe to YouTube channel. Follow it wherever you listen to your podcast on audio version, literally anywhere. Be a friend, tell a friend, rate it, all that stuff. Thumbs up, all that good stuff. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Thank you guys so much. Again, check out all the other episodes of the Coach Steve Show podcast. If you have Apple, download Colored Cast because we're gonna be sometimes we do live podcasts on there where you can chat and be a part of it. And maybe I'll do both live on there and live on YouTube. We never know. It's getting crazy. Go enjoy some football. Thank you guys so much for listening. And just like Brian Kelly out of Notre Dame, we are out of here. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.